the Lord, everybody. I'm so glad to just be able to be here on this Sunday morning. I mean, you're glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful just for what I feel. And I think it'd be fitting to just worship God for a moment, maybe with a hand clap for all the good things that he's already done. Why don't we thank the Lord just for what he's already done these past couple of to to be here, to be in this city, uh, just to get to be with this great church, to see where you are and where God has taken you is an, an amazing thing, and I'm so glad to be a part of what God is doing in this city. Um, I want to honor, take a moment, and honor your pastor and his wife. I appreciate them so very much. I know that you all love them great work that they have done. Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. That's all right. As I mentioned the other night, we started a church, my family, uh, my my dad, my mom, brother and sister when I was 12 years old. And uh, anytime someone came and brought an extra, I'm Mexican just in case you all haven't noticed, so they would come bring an extra burrito or, you know, bowl of beans or some enchiladas or something like that and I tell you it was never rejected it was never in any way unappreciated he's not Mexican and it won't be rejected here is what he said what I'm telling you is we appreciated every moment anybody ever blessed us with their prayers with their time with their efforts their cooking uh, all of those good things and so if you ever find you know, a moment where you just think, you know, I just want to bless, whether it be the pastor, his wife, or somebody else in the church as well. Uh, don't think that's you just thinking out of the, the goodness of your heart. It's probably God talking to you, right? It's probably God just saying, hey, you know what? Why don't you bless somebody for a moment? I guarantee you that that will help somebody. That will bless them. So whenever you feel that, just, just go with it. Just do it. And so uh, I honor your leadership that's here uh, here in this church. I'm so grateful for them. Why don't we open our Bibles to the book of uh, Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 and Matthew chapter 10. And as uh, you are opening up your Bible, I want to uh, take a moment and I want to want to honor my, my family. I appreciate them so, so very much. So grateful that uh, we are able to do this ministry together, and uh, my boys have been to a, quite a few church services in their time, in their short time here on this earth, and uh, it really has been a blessing to do our best to raise them up in the ways of the Lord, and uh, we are still striving uh, for that, <clears throat> but uh, my son Jesse, my oldest here, has learned a few scriptures and so uh, I want to ask him to come and say a scripture. That be all right with you guys? Come on up, Jesse. He's, he's ready to roll. Before he says his scripture, uh, we were at a youth camp in Missouri here, um, not too far from here, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago now. And, and uh, I preached probably the first two nights. And, 
And he, we got back to the room, and he said, hey, uh, when, when am I going to preach? You know, when's it my turn? <laughs> and so uh, what he meant was he wanted to say his scripture, and so I'm going to go ahead and have him say his scripture. All right, buddy? Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis 1-1. My youngest son, David, will, will be next. He's definitely telling my wife right now, hey, you know, I want to go next. Uh, anytime Jesse does that. And so when, <laughs> we're working. We're working on it. We're working on it. But I, I honor them. I love them. <laughs> I honor them. I love them so very much. <clears throat> so grateful, uh, you know, for them. David has got about three-fourths of the scripture down, so. Once he gets it fully down, then we'll get him up here. But uh, I do appreciate them very much. And um, I wanted to say this before I get into the message. I <clears throat> talked to your pastor, and uh, he, may, he said it'd be all right to mention this. Uh, my wife and I, we have been evangelizing along with our boys, but my wife and I have been evangelizing now uh, seven years. And uh, we have been so blessed, so honored to preach the word of God throughout this country and of several other countries here in this world, and just to be able to experience the power of God, the miracles of God in a lot of different places and different ways, and God's kind of uh, transitioning our hearts, our spirit uh, toward another place, another country, and uh, we just got approved to go through the UPC to go and to do missions work globally, and so uh, we just got that approval about a few days ago, just right before coming here. And um, we are going to be going to Greece sometime next year, about June. And so uh, we are praying that uh, people would pray with us. No doubt, please pray with us and also support as well uh, financially. We are, we are asking for that and we are praying that people would partner with us. But one of the things that really <clears throat> moved on us last year, we went to Greece and preached uh, their conference and we were so moved by the move of God that was there and just the people that were there. There was about 23 people that received the Holy Ghost there that weekend. And one man really stood out to me because they've had trouble reaching the Greek people. Uh, there's a lot of foreign people, uh, other people from different countries that they have reached there in, in Greece. But on this occasion, there was one man, he's Greek, and he decided to be baptized in Jesus' name. It was a very, very big thing uh, that he decided that. And uh, we went to his apartment after the church service. He worked the night shift. And, and so he said, you know, I can't come to church because that's when I sleep. But if you'll come to my apartment, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. I thought, man, how apostolic is that? Most of the miracles, and I'm going to teach and preach about that here today. But most of the miracles that happened in the book of Acts happened outside of the building. Yeah. Amen? Amen? All right, we'll get to talking about that in a moment. And I remember going, I told the missionary, he was telling me, hey, I'm going to go baptize somebody. And I said, man, I'm not, I'm not going to let you do this by yourself. I'm going with you. I want to see this. I want to experience God move there in the apartment. And I remember we got to his apartment. The missionary baptized him in Jesus' name and brought him out of the water. And there in his tub in that restroom, we laid hands on him, the missionary and I. And that man instantly started speaking with other tongues and was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the most precious gift you could ever receive in this life is the Spirit of God. When he came out, he was speaking with other tongues, and 
After that, he uh, came to the living room, and we all sat down, began to drink some coffee and just fellowship and, and really just worship and thank God for what he had done in this man's life. And the man was sitting there, and I don't know Greek really, but uh, I know a few biblical terms that I learned in Bible college and that I still got committed to memory. And the man began to speak kind of in an authoritative way and began to really minister, it seemed like, and I reached over to the missionary, and I said, hey, man, is he, uh, is he preaching? He said, bro, he's declaring the word of God, man. And he said, I've never, I've never heard him speak like this before since I've known him. The man was normally very timid, very shy. But when the power of the Holy Ghost got on him, he began to declare the goodness of God. I'm excited to see God do miracles like that and God do amazing things, not only in this country, but in the countries that God will send us to. And so we are very much looking forward to what God is going to do. And our heart eventually is to go to a country where there is no apostolic representation. And so we are so honored to be able to do this uh, in this next coming year. And we thank you for your support in every way possible. Uh, Mark chapter 16. <clears throat> Let's get into the word of the Lord. And if you're able to give me a bit more monitor, that would be amazing. I'd appreciate that. Um, after several days, my voice just goes out. So Mark 16 and verse 15 in Matthew chapter 10, the Bible says, He said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Verse 20, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. In Matthew chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 1, tells us, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power. Can everyone say power? power. Say it again. Say power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Would you put your Bibles to one side? Would you go ahead and lift up your hands all over this room? And why don't we pray and ask God to, to help us here today that his, his hand will be upon us. In the name of Jesus, Lord, would you anoint my mind and would you loose my tongue? In the name of Jesus, would you touch every heart, every mind, every spirit in this room? That your hand would be upon each and every one of us. I thank you for the miracles that have already taken place and the miracles that are going to happen here today. We love you and we magnify you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why don't we clap our hands and thank God one more time. The Bible said to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Would you do that all over this room right now? Would you shake somebody's hand next to you and would you tell them revival in uncommon places? Revival in uncommon places. After that, you may be seated. I'm so grateful 
for the fact that we have this building to come to. We have this this church that we call church, and uh, we have this congregation. It is a very important thing, and I want to want to make this disclaimer before I go into the message <clears throat> that uh, the Bible does tell us to not forsake the assembling of the brethren, right? To not just say, you know, there are people that that say this often, well, I am the church, so I don't need to go to church, you know, but we do find that they gathered together, that they were uh, daily breaking of bread and fellowship and uh, teaching and preaching the apostles' doctrine. It, it is apostolic to gather. We know that. It's also apostolic to break bread and eat, right? Somebody say amen. amen. I just want to know if I got any believers out there that like food. Thank you, Brother Stan. Your honesty, my friend, will set you free. Anybody else? I'm give you another chance, all right? Don't look at me like you don't like to eat. Anybody out there like to eat? Say amen. Raise a hand. Shout unto God. Just testify for a moment. I said this on Friday, and I believe this bears repeating because apparently your pastor was deeply moved uh, when I said this, and so I feel like it'd be good to say it again. You know, anybody ever, this had nothing to do with my message, but I just got to say it. Anybody ever been fasting and you just like, all the cravings come out? Anybody? Things you haven't eaten in years and you're like, oh man, you know, I just, I got this craving for that one cookie, that one burger, that one whatever it may be that is so unhealthy. My advice to you, I know this is not very spiritual, but maybe it gives a little hope for the end of the, the fast. My advice is write that craving down. Write it down so when you are done with that fast, you can go ahead and do all that you have craved. I know some people are like, oh, it's not spiritual, but it's what I do, and God honors my fast, so thank you, Jesus, for that. <clears throat> anyway, uh, as I mentioned, you know, in this life that we live as apostolics, it is important to be apostolic in the way the apostles were. Breaking of bread, we know, is one of them, and gathering together is another. But what I also see throughout the book of Acts, which is named the Acts of the Apostles, what they did, the actions of these apostolic men and women of God, is that they did not hesitate to preach the word of God everywhere. Someone say everywhere. They didn't just uh, hold themselves to preaching the gospel on a Sunday or in a building or in a synagogue. Uh, it was Paul that would first go to the synagogues because he had an, an entryway there. They respected him as a Pharisee of the synagogues. And as he was well respected, he would go and teach and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And of course, he knew people were going to get upset. People were going to be mad because they had crucified this same Jesus that he was preaching and teaching about. And he knew that would happen. And so shortly after he would begin to teach and preach, about half of the congregation would say, you know what, get this guy out of here. We don't like him. And the other half would say, well, we want to hear more about this Jesus that he's preaching about. We want to know more about this man 
called Jesus that he is telling us about. And he did that on purpose because he knew shortly after he would leave the synagogue and he would go with those that became believers in Jesus and he would begin to teach them the ways of God more excellent, as the Bible says. And he would begin to teach them about baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he would begin to explain the word of God so they had the opportunity to obey the word of God. Now, I do not believe for a moment that this gospel was meant to stay in the book of Acts chapter 2 in the upper room. And that is a very significant moment. We uh, believe with all that is within us that that is the beginning of this New Testament church. It is the beginning of what you and I live today, what they did in the book of Acts chapter 2. They waited, they tarried, and they prayed for God to show up. And the Bible says that he showed up, and as of a rushing mighty wind, the Spirit of God filled the room, and filled their bodies, and they began to speak with other tongues, just like Brother Stan's brother-in-law did last night. Amen. What an amazing experience to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Some people have said, well, this uh, whole idea of sensationalism as religions in this world and beliefs of theology that say this doesn't happen today. It was a one-time thing, an event that took place thousands of years ago, but it does not happen today. Obviously, we know that is not true. Many of you have experienced the gift of the Holy Ghost, right? If that is you, would you say amen? amen? You've been filled with the gift of the Spirit of God. That's a great thing. That's a powerful thing. But you know, Peter and John one day are walking, and the Bible says they are headed on their way into the temple. And so they would go on the Sabbath day and carry out their, their Jewish tradition to go and worship God on the Sabbath. And so as they were on their way to the temple, there was a lame man. And the Bible says the lame man looked at them and reached up asking for alms, asking for money. I've been to Israel. They do the exact same thing to this day. It's pretty wild to see something that happened thousands of years ago still happening today. And so he would reach up and he would ask for money. The Bible says he expected something of them. Whether it was a miracle he expected, I'm not sure. But expectation nonetheless was in his heart and in that moment Peter and John I believe had a decision to make I feel like they were at a crossroads because at this point they had seen Jesus do miracles at this point they had been filled with the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts chapter 2 and while they had been filled with the Spirit of God they could have said to the man you know what we don't have any money. Clearly, they didn't have any. That's what they had mentioned. Silver and gold have I none. And so they could have said, silver and gold have I none, but maybe I'll go find some and come back in a little while. Or, you know, maybe you can come and join our service next Sabbath day outside of the temple since you're not allowed because you're disabled. And that was the rule 
back then and maybe you can join our service somewhere else in some place. They could have said all kind of different things, but in that moment, I believe that they remembered what took place in the book of Acts chapter 2, just a chapter before. I believe they remembered the Spirit of God being poured out upon them. And when they remembered that, they realized, man, that we cannot be silent about. That we cannot keep to ourselves. That is something that we cannot just say, well, it was a one-time experience for a one-time thing, and this man doesn't deserve to receive what we have received. No, on the contrary, they begin to say, hey, you know what? Silver and gold have we none, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And right there and then, not on another Sabbath day, not when they gathered together as believers, but right there and right then they reached to that lame man. And the Bible says he went leaping and running into the temple as he was healed by the power of Jesus Christ. What I'm telling you today is what happened in the book of Acts chapter 2 was never meant to stay in that room. It was never meant as just a one moment experience, as just a momentary time in history, but rather it was meant to continue on in this life as the very answer for this world today. What I am trying to tell you today is that what we experience here in this building is not meant to stay in the building. If it stays here, then I am convinced that the enemy has done his job. But the moment that one apostolic individual walks out of these doors and says, you know what? I've got to tell everybody and anybody about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the moment that we can have revival the way that God meant it to be. Well, it's about 25 of you, 25% of you convinced of that here today. Why don't you clap your hands if you understood what I just said. Because the reality is this was not meant to be on the shoulders of the pastor to preach the word of God and him only. Is that all right? Wasn't meant to just be on the leaders and those that get behind the pulpit to preach the word of God. It was never designed that way. That's not what God said. He didn't say, Peter, you will be the only one to go and preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. No, no, no. He did tell him he had the keys. I believe that's why Peter got up on that initial moment of people receiving the Holy Ghost. But we later, we later find Philip literally going to an Ethiopian eunuch. And the man said, look, I have nobody to interpret the scripture. The Bible says that Philip was there and he laid hands on him. The guy received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in the name of Jesus. There's all of these apostles and disciples that decided, you know what? I've got to minister the word of God. It's not just up to Peter. It's not just up to Paul. It's not just up to John, but it's up to every single one of us. And that includes every one of us in this room to preach and teach the kingdom of heaven is at 
hand. But what I love is God did not leave you alone. When he designed for you to go preach the word, he said, I'm going to go with you, confirming the word with signs following. I'm not going to leave you alone here today. I don't know about you. That makes me excited. Why? Because when I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, both behind the pulpit and out there in the world, I know that God is going to show up. And when God shows up, there is nothing that is impossible for him. Why don't you clap your hands for a moment and just thank the Lord. And I feel like that's what we should be doing. That's where we should be in our walk with God in this life. There are a lot of other religions in the world, a lot of other faiths and beliefs, ideas, ideologies in the world that uh, point to different gods, point to different uh, entities and different answers. And a lot of these religions, some of the major ones out there, uh, such as Islam or such as Hinduism and Buddhism and, and others that are out there, Jainism and Sikhism and all these other Eastern religions and so on and so forth, will their priests and their preachers will preach it dogmatically. I have been, I've walked through the airports and literally seen people pull a rug out and in the middle of everybody being there in the middle of the day without any type of shame whatsoever, get down on a mat and praise the name of a God they call Allah in hopes that this God would respond. Dogmatically, they'll believe it with all kinds of faith. They'll try to live out their religion and their faith and their belief to the best of their ability. Can I tell you today, though, there is a difference between the words that are in this book that we are preaching and teaching and the words that are in the book, of, for example, of the Quran or within the Buddhist teachings or within the Hinduist teachings and some people might say man you can't talk about other religions Paul would tell people hey there is only one way Peter and John would say there's only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved Paul on one occasion would get up at Mars Hill there in Greece and say let me tell you about the unknown God who is greater than every other idol greater than every other God there is a difference here today and the difference is the name of Jesus. You see you can preach the name of Allah. You can preach the name of Buddhist enlightenment but nothing will take place in the supernatural but the moment one apostolic believer begins to declare the goodness of the name of Jesus that's when the blind see. That's when the deaf hear. That's when the dead are raised. That's when those that are stricken with sickness can be healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that would you clap your hands and magnify the name that is above every name. We are not going into this world empty-handed. You are not going into this world without power. You've got the power of the name of Jesus. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands and just lift up your voice for a moment. 
I feel like there's somebody in this room that's really got to get a hold of what I'm talking about today because there is no devil in hell that can come against one apostolic believer that declares the goodness of Jesus Christ. What I'm telling you today is that God has ordained for every single one of us to go to our job and begin to declare the goodness of God, to walk into the supermarket and begin to declare the goodness of Jesus Christ was never meant to stay here. Somebody say amen. amen. Never meant to stay in this room, to be here in this place. The Bible says that Peter went to Tabitha's house and she had passed away and at the side of her bed he talked to God and while she was there laying dead, lifeless, no breath in her body, the Lord obviously gave Peter a word, and he looks at Tabitha there dead, lying in that room, and he says, Tabitha, arise. And in that moment, at the command of an anointed apostolic man of God, that woman rose back from the dead, and life entered her body again. And guess what? The Bible tells us that the people surrounding that heard the commotion and saw what happened did not stay silent. And I tell you, I believe that the enemy would love for you to just stay silent after this service is over. The enemy would love for you to never talk about the experience that we received last night and the night before, but the moment one individual decides, I cannot hold it back any further. I cannot hold my tongue any longer. I've got to tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus Christ, that he changed me, that he picked me up, that he placed my feet on solid ground, that he gave me joy, that he gave me life, that he gave me purpose. That's the moment that we're looking for here today. I remember being in, in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and walking up and down the street. And there was a man that was there at the bus stop and I'll give you just a little bit of practical teaching. Is that all right? Is that Okay. I remember walking up and down and we were passing cards out. I don't really like passing cards out. I've done it as a kid. We used to do it all the time. We would literally spend every Saturday when we were planting the church, a lot of days in our summer too, going to Target and passing cards out, knocking on doors. I mean, you name it, we did it. And I remember, you know, people will walk by. They don't want to talk to you now. Missouri's a little different, but in Los Angeles, you just don't start waving at people and smiling at people, you know. Somebody does that means they want some money. So you just kind of look the other way, you know. So especially if they're wearing a suit or got a Bible in their hand, forget about it. People just start, they'll go the other way in the parking lot just to avoid. And so I kind of got a little callous to passing out cards. And, and I'm not saying don't do it. I'm sure that that'll help. It'll be a great thing. But I, I like to try to build a relationship, you know. While I'm there, and that means I spend an hour with one individual who's ready to receive the word of God, then I'd much rather do that than pass out 50 cards to people that are just going to throw it away, right? So I remember being there up and down the street, and our assignment was to go along with many other people, apostolic believers, to go and pass out these cards and tell them about this special service. I walked by this man, and I, didn't, I put the cards in my back pocket, said, hey, man, my name is Jesse. What's your name? He began to tell me his name. I remember as he 
spoke his name. I said, you know, uh, let, me, let me tell you something, man. I'm a believer. He said, really? I said, yeah, and I believe Jesus can do anything. This is that practical teaching. It's really this simple. I said, I believe Jesus can do anything. At that point, I got his attention, right? Either he's going to run away or he's going to keep on listening to what I got to say. Either one. And so I said, I believe Jesus can do absolutely anything. I've seen him do miracles. He can heal. He can deliver. doesn't matter where you're from, who you are. I said, let me tell you about a miracle I saw not too long ago. Just giving you that teaching. This is how you're going to do this, all right? And so I remember telling that man, I said, there was a lady in Denver, Colorado, wheeled her wheelchair up to the front of the service. And right there in the altar call, she wheeled her own wheelchair up to the front on her own accord, all by herself. Nobody came and dragged her, you know, drug her up there and said, hey, come on now. Preacher's going to pray for you. No, no, no. She got up there by herself. And when she was up there in the front, we walked over, laid hands on her, and she got up in the name of Jesus. And after we spoke the name of Jesus over her, she was instantly healed by the power of Jesus Christ. I told him she was dancing. She was jumping. She was there running, magnifying God. It was a powerful experience. I began to explain to him that Jesus did in that lady's life right there and right then. And that miracles uh, still take place today. And he looked at me, and his eyes obviously are like huge now. Like, okay, what, what else is going on, man? His eye, he wasn't expecting to hear about miracles. But at this point, I had his attention. He was captivated by me testifying about Jesus Christ and that Jesus could change his life in a moment. And I said, let me tell you something, man. You need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Have you ever received the Spirit of God before? He said, I, I don't even really know, to be honest. And I said, well, when you receive His Spirit living on the inside, you're going to start speaking with other tongues, just like the Bible says. And when you speak with other tongues, that's just the evidence uh, that you have surrendered and you have let the Spirit of God come and live on the inside. You're going to receive joy. You're going to receive peace. Uh, you're going to receive the love of God. Why? Because now He lives inside of you, and you are no longer alone in that very moment. He'll never leave you, nor will He forsake you. And I said, let me tell you, there is a difference uh, between God being around you and being inside of you. When God's around you, that's good. He's trying to get your attention. He's nudging you. He's pulling on you. He's convicting you. Hey, I want to know you. I want you to surrender more so that I can really be Lord of your life. You see, some people cry out to God hoping that he would answer their prayer. And I believe if you've got faith, he will do that. But there is a difference uh, when you are in covenant relationship with God. You see, my child, if he asked me for a meal, I owe him. He is my child. I brought him into this world. I am his father. I will do that. Somebody else asked me, I'm only going to do it out of the goodness of my heart, but not out of obligation uh, of them being my child. Uh, what I'm telling you today is that man looked at me and he said, man, I'm ready to receive what you're talking about. I said, man, you need to receive this gift of the Holy Ghost. And he lifted up his hands after he repented, asked God for forgiveness. And in a moment's time, laid hands on him right there at the bus stop. We didn't wait for church service. We didn't wait uh, for the right moment. We didn't wait till everybody, everybody gathered around and came to where he was. Uh, but right there and then he lifted up his hands and that guy started speaking with other tongues uh, as the Spirit of God gave him the utterance. I'm here to tell you that that's what God desires each and every one of us to do, to be a light in this world, to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ, to declare his goodness in this world, and watch what God will do. Now I realize that people are being a little stirred up. 
a little shaken up. Some people might say, well, you know, I'm, I've been in church a long time. I remember my heyday. I remember the moment that I would go out and tell everybody. One evangelist, I won't say his name, but he said to me one time some of the most convicting words even to my life. And he said, I remember when I used to be, in his words, powerful outside of the pulpit too. He said, I remember I used to be. And I got to thinking, what do you mean? You used to be. What do you mean? I never said that, but I, my mind, it's always resonated in my heart. Man, what a day that would be to say, man, I only preach the word of God behind the pulpit. Uh, can you imagine if that was the case in the book of Acts? Uh, we wouldn't find uh, Peter there getting beside Tabitha's bedside and saying, arise. Uh, we wouldn't read about Aeneas uh, being healed of the palsy or in Acts 14 when Paul's in the middle of his message uh, and he sees a lame man and he says get up and walk we wouldn't read about the special miracles that took place as Paul set forth his aprons and handkerchiefs what I'm telling you today in this room is we have got to begin to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere we go every moment of the day not just when it's convenient not just when we've set an outreach schedule but when God is moving with us why don't somebody clap your hands and thank the Lord? And he has given you this, this power. He's given you this ability. It was never meant to stay in one particular place. I remember uh, being at, uh, in Seattle, Washington, and I was, I'll be very transparent, uh, I was at the gym and I was minding my own business. Didn't want to talk to anybody that day. Wasn't, didn't have... You know, the Lord and the gospel message on my heart to really start testing. I didn't go there to testify. I went to go and mind my own business and get a workout in. Anybody ever had a day like that? Thank you. We got an honest individual out there. I'm going to have to change my message if we don't we'll get some more honesty out there. I'm already halfway done. You don't, you don't want to do that. So, uh. I remember this man came up to me. I had my headphones in my ears. And, you know, it doesn't really matter if your headphones are dead, if you got the, the uh, Bluetooth kind. You just keep them in your ears, right? Oh, this is a very spiritual church. Okay. <laughs> Anybody ever had your headphones in your ears? And this is a very practical moment, all right? And you just decide, you know what? I really don't want to talk to anybody. And though there is no music playing through these headphones... Whether you have the cord or don't have the cord. If you, if you have the cord, you just keep the cord in your pocket, right? And you just and somebody gets real close and you just kind of start bobbing the head. You know what I mean? Just Anybody? Am I the only one? Okay, thank you. Say amen, hallelujah. All right. You're at work. You don't want to talk to the boss. And they let you put headphones in and you just, yeah, uh-huh. I mean, phone's been dead like an hour ago. Charger's lost. And you just keep on. That was me on that day, minding my own business. A man came up to me real close, too close for comfort, and uh, now your pastor and I, we're good friends, so he's going to be all right, okay? Right? We're going to be good? Okay. And so anyway, he came, up to me, he came up to me, and he came really close. Why he came this close, I don't know, but this is how close the man came to me. He said, hey, man, how's it going? And I just start backing up like, whoa, that's my personal bubble space, bro, you know? We've got that here in America, right? In other countries, they don't, but here we do. And I said, uh, can I help you? What's going on? And he said, well, uh, I thought that was quite interesting that you wore a shirt with a scripture on the back. And 
He said, uh, thought that was quite bold of you to do something like that here in Seattle, Washington, of all places. I said, well, I'm a believer, man. I, I believe Jesus everywhere. Uh, anywhere. It doesn't matter. And I said, plus, I'm from Los Angeles, and, you know, that place is pretty messed up as it is, you know, antichrist and its agenda and its way, you know. And I said, so if I believe Jesus there, I believe him anywhere. So he said, well, I thought that was pretty bold of you in Seattle, Washington, to, to do something like that. I said, well, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about a miracle that Jesus has done. And the go-to miracle I tell people is the lady in the wheelchair. And so I said again, hey, there's a lady got out of a wheelchair in Denver, Colorado. We walked over. She got up out of that wheelchair in Jesus' name as we stretched forth our hand, and she was dancing, and she was shouting. She was completely healed by the power of Jesus Christ. Wasn't able to walk before that service and walked right on out of that church. And I said, man, I'm telling you that Jesus can do absolutely anything here right now in this gym. And he looked at me, his eyes wide open now, and I've got his attention just like that, and and I said, Matt, you need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. His name was Ron. And I said, Ron, you got to receive the Holy Ghost. And he said, well, what is it? I said, the Holy Ghost, when the Spirit of God comes to live inside of you, when you receive his Spirit, he'll come and live inside of you. He'll start speaking with other tongues. And as the Bible, as the Spirit gives you the utterance, just like the Bible says, you'll receive love and joy and peace and the power of God living on the inside. Are you ready for that, Ron? And he just looked at me like, all right, I think I'm ready. I said, Ron, why don't you ask Jesus for forgiveness? I'll do it with you. We bowed our heads right there in the gym. And we prayed, God, would you forgive us? Would you cleanse our hearts? And we went on with this prayer of repentance just for a quick moment. The Bible says if you confess, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. And we believed that. We lifted up our hands right there in the gym. And I laid hands on Ron's head. As I laid uh, my hand on Ron's head, I remember all of a sudden his hands started shaking. I, we were literally in the gym. And I laid hands on him. I started speaking in tongues out loud in the gym. Right? All right. That means I got to keep on preaching. Y'all are still getting it. So, as I was saying, out loud in the gym. Not in church. Now we had good music right there and right then. I said, in the name of Jesus, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Ron's hands started shaking. His lips started stammering. And right as he was about to start speaking in tongues, he froze up. I said, what's going on, Ron? And he quickly realized we're not in church. We're at the gym. I said, all right, that's okay. And I said, I'm going to give you my information. And you're ready to receive the Holy Ghost because it doesn't matter where we're at. God will fill you with his spirit. I said, I'll drive, I'll fly back out here, I'll do whatever I got to do, and you will receive the Spirit of God. And so the next day, he sent me an email, and this is more or less what the email said. He said, hey, I watched the message that you preached on YouTube, and he said, I thought it was kind of funny uh, when you did that wah ba ba stuff with your mouth there in the gym. He was talking about me speaking in tongues. I never heard anybody talk about it that way, <laughs> but I'm sure many of you have Thought the same thing first time you heard someone talk in tongues. He said, I thought that was so funny and interesting. I didn't know what to think. And he said, but you know, I believe. I believe like you. And he said, I've often wondered, and this really got me. He said, I've often wondered why in the church that I go to that I don't see overt works of God, miraculous works of God. He said, but I believe like you, and I want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you have moved on, I understand. He said, but if not, I want to receive the Spirit. I drove three hours. I was already gone. Drove three hours the next day to Ron's house. Walked into his living room. Laid hands on Ron's head as he received the gift of the Holy Ghost. He began speaking with other tongues. 
tongues uh, as the Spirit of God gave him the utterance. Uh, right there in that moment, I said, Ron, you have got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, we went down into Ron's basement. I baptized him in that tub in the name of Jesus. Uh, I'm telling you, it is time that we begin to preach the gospel everywhere we go. Not just when it's convenient, uh, but when God shows up. Why don't somebody clap your hands and magnify the Lord? I feel like somebody in this room just wants to let go and just let God have his way for a moment uh, because he's going to use you and he's going to use me. Uh, we're not going to wait for Pastor Hooker to come. We're not going to wait for the leadership. Uh, we are going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, it doesn't matter. God wants to show himself strong in a moment like this. I watched a man in Africa just two months ago as we were there in a service. He literally canoed from his village and walked several hours through other villages just to be where we were preaching the gospel. He stayed in that village three days because it was too inconvenient to go home. And On one occasion, they taught about baptism in Jesus' name. He raised his hand. He said, man, I want to be baptized. But should I bring my family? Should I go and wait another day? Or should I be baptized today? The urgency is on me, but I want to do it with them. And I love what the pastor reached out and told him. He said, hey, in front of everybody, he said, you need to be baptized today because tomorrow's not promised to you. And he says, a matter of fact, I know you have just barely understood the gospel today and been filled with the Holy Ghost. And we're going to baptize you in the river right now in a moment. He said, but I want you to go back to your own village, you're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're going to baptize your own family in Jesus' name. Can I tell you, we don't have time for everybody to figure it all out. We've got to go and preach the gospel everywhere. Doesn't matter who you are, as long as you believe. Is there a believer in this room today? I don't care if you've been to Bible college or not. I don't care how long you've been in church, or if today's the day you receive the Holy Ghost. We've got to tell Tell everybody about it. Somebody clap your hands and magnify the Lord for a moment. in this room right now. Why don't you clap your hands and thank God. I feel like somebody is being empowered uh, with what God has already given you uh, because when he called his disciples uh, he gave them power to cast out devils, power to heal the sick, power to cleanse the leper. He gave them the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's just what happens uh, when you preach and teach the word. Go ahead. Why don't you clap your hands one more time? I really feel like somebody in this room uh, is receiving revelation and understanding. Uh, we're not waiting for the right moment. Uh, it doesn't matter if you barely figured this out. Uh, if you know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, uh, you've got enough to testify about the goodness of Almighty God. Hallelujah. 
I can feel Jesus in this room. Why don't you shout unto God for a moment? Uh, would you do that all over this place? Uh, I'm telling you, God is going to show up uh, and do the miraculous today uh, because that's just what he does uh, when he's in the room. Uh, that's just what he does uh, when he shows up. Uh, doesn't matter where. Doesn't matter when. Uh, could be in a house. Uh, could be at the coffee shop. Uh, could be right here, right now, or in the middle of your car, in the middle of the night. Uh, I'm telling you, God wants to show up. Let's all stand together. I can just feel the Holy Ghost, and I don't want to continue on. I just want to let God have his way. Is that all right? I'm convinced uh, that miracles are more likely to take place uh, outside of the building uh, than inside of these walls. Uh, why? Because it was never designed uh, to stay here. It was never designed uh, to be an experience that only you receive. But it was designed to leave this building. It was designed to go with you to lunch today. It was designed for you to tell everybody and anybody, your mom who has been a particular religion, a certain tradition, and Catholicism, maybe all her life. Uh, it was designed for you to go and tell them, look, uh, Peter, who they believe is the first pope, uh, he declared, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of sins. I was in my aunt's house, uh, who is a staunch Catholic individual, her and her husband, and I said, let me tell you, Peter was the first pope, right? Well, this is what he said, and while she was sitting in her house, uh, I laid hands on both of them and at about 80 something years old they both received the gift of the Holy Ghost I'm telling you it doesn't matter who it doesn't matter where it doesn't matter when God wants to do what only he can do here today and he's going to do it through you and I if you believe that would you clap your hands and magnify the Lord going to happen in this room as you remain standing here today. I'm telling you that anything is possible and all it takes is for you to step out. All it takes, you don't have to have the right words. You don't have to have the greatest message. All you have to do is declare the goodness of God. You can tell, your, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You can tell your coworker, hey, I was in a revival this past weekend and there was a man that received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when he did, he began speaking with other tongues. It might spook them or it might in that moment confuse them. But you can explain, hey, that's what happened in the book of Acts. And you too can receive the exact same love from Jesus Christ. You too can receive that same peace that Jesus wants to give you. You can declare the goodness of God. This is what we're going to do all over this room. Two things. There are people that have need of a miracle here today. You have a situation in your body, your mind, your spirit, whatever it may be. If that is you, why don't we all close our eyes? If you have a situation you need Jesus to intervene on, to move and do what only he can do, why don't you go ahead and lift up your hand if that's you here today. You say, I need Jesus to move. Lift up your hand like you've got a whole lot of faith. There you go. If you've got your hand raised, 
that is you today, I'd like you to come on down to this altar. Would you do that? You say, I need Jesus to move in my life. That's your step of faith. That's your step out of the boat. You can come on down to this altar, this front area right here. Don't wait for other people. Peter was in the boat. And they thought Jesus was on the shore, but they were unsure. Peter said, if that's really you out there walking on the water, though they thought it was a spirit, unsure it was Jesus. He said, then let me come onto the water just like you, Jesus. Because he recognized if that indeed is Jesus on the shore, then the supernatural is natural for him. And that means he can cause me to walk on water just like he is. And Peter was the first one out of the boat. That was his step of faith. Sometimes here in America we have a little struggle with that because we are concerned with what other people are thinking. But it was one man, blind Bartimaeus. It was one woman with the issue of blood. It was one disciple out of the 12 named Peter that walked on water. Why? Because he stepped out. I need to know if that's really him or if it's not. I've got to know if he's really in the room and if he's really here right now. That means anything is possible. That means the impossible is possible right now. What I would like us to do now is I want you to grab your neighbor by the hand. And if you desire to walk in this apostolic authority and boldness to preach and teach the word of God like every apostolic individual should, if you desire to do this with signs following everywhere you go, would you raise your hand real high? Say, I want Jesus to use me walking down the streets of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or walking down there, or I'm there in the gym by myself, or wherever it may be. I want Jesus to use me like that. That's you here today. You've got your hand raised, and you really mean it. I want you to come up to this altar. This is your step of faith. Would you feel this place in here in this altar? This is your step of faith. If you are serious about being used by God in this manner, this is what we talk. There, there's people, look at that. That's a whole lot of faith. I can feel that faith, somebody that says, I don't care, go ahead, I'm coming, I'm coming. Yes, Lord. I don't want you to come pressured by anybody. We're not here to embarrass you by any means. But it's up to you. It's up to you today. I told you on Friday that God is shifting things here in this church and you're willing to shift and move with it, you'll see great and mighty things happen in this church, but also in your life. This is what I'm talking about. This is what God's talking about right here. We are not going to be apostolic in a way that we have formed in our minds, but we are going to be what I like to call real Bible believers. Real Bible believers. We're going to preach the word, everyone say, everywhere. Signs will follow. You don't have to be this most spiritual guru among us. And I'm not advocating for carnality. You don't have to be the most spiritual amongst each and every individual or each and every church around this location. You've just got to believe that Jesus can. Believe that he will. I watched Brother Stan last night. And I know I pointed him out a few times, but I appreciate his faith, as I felt it last night, and I asked him, come lay hands over here. And I was not concerned with 
how long Brother Stan's been in church, or I really don't even know the whole story. To be quite honest, it doesn't really matter to me. I can just feel the faith uh, there of Jesus Christ. I can feel faith uh, moving off of him. And when you feel that, anything is possible. doesn't matter if you just came into this. doesn't matter if this is you don't know anything about this. Can I tell you, if you know enough that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, you know enough here today to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you this last thing, and this is what we are going to do. We're going to shout hallelujah on the count of three as we did on Friday night. And when we shout hallelujah, I believe God is going to allow me to impart this gift of faith into whoever desires to operate in this realm, operate in this dimension, to preach the word of God everywhere. It's already upon you. It's already in you. But I believe here today your faith is going to activate what God has already put inside of you. Many of you that need a miracle, I believe God can heal you. That's not a problem for him to do. But let me tell you this last thing. My uncle was the first one in our, my dad's side of the family that was ever filled with the Holy Ghost. And he was in jail uh, when it happened. He was walking, actually, with a knife in his hand toward a man. He was getting ready to stab this man in, in jail. Didn't know any other way of life. It was all he understood, all he knew. This is what my family is had been involved in, has come from. I've got cousins that are unfortunately still wrapped up in some of those ways of life. If you think about statistics, I should be there too. I should be among them. I've got cousins that both guys and girls in and out of jail currently, right now. Just a way of life. My uncle didn't know any better, didn't know anything else. Never, he told me, he said, I never had a Bible study in my life, Jesse. He said, I remember walking toward this man with a knife in my hand there in that jail. He says, I was doing that. He said, all of a sudden, a preacher that was visiting, preaching the word of God, shouted out to me. He said, hey, Jesus died for you. He said, I didn't, I didn't know what he's talking about. It's the only Bible study I ever had. Right there, right there, just like that. Had that preacher decided, I'll wait till these men get out. Or I'm going to confine this message to a pulpit. I'm going to confine this message to a place and a time that is only allowed to be taught and to be preached in that place and that time. My uncle would have never heard the gospel. He was there. And he carried on about his task of what he was doing as he was walking toward this man with a knife in his hand. This other man who was sitting down, he said, he said, all of a sudden the preacher shouted out to that man and said, hey, his blood was shed for you. My uncle said he froze. He said, I didn't know what to do. This got more weird and weird as the moment went by. He said, but it's the only Bible study I had. Jesus died for me and his blood was shed for me. I didn't even know what that meant. He said, so I said, all right. And in that moment, through the tear gas and the guards carried my uncle out of that room. He hadn't gone through with what he did and he threw the, the knife and he said they put me into a cell called the whole restricted cell all by myself pitch black I'm on the floor he says sitting down he said I'm telling them what are you guys doing I didn't do anything he said all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me and said hey don't you remember last night you asked me if I was real to stop you from doing what you were about to do I feel the Holy Ghost in this room and he said in that moment so I said, all right, if that's really you, Jesus, 
He said, I, I don't really know much about you, but that's really you up there. That do something. Show me. Give me a sign. Show me something to show me that you're really, really real in my life. He said almost instinctively, his hands just kind of went up like this and by himself there in that prison cell, pitch black, both physically and spiritually, bound by drugs, heroin, 20-plus years. He said, man, tears begin to just stroll down my face. As that happened, I began speaking this language I didn't know. He said, all of a sudden, I started speaking with other tongues. He was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost sitting on that floor in that prison cell. He said, I didn't know what it was. Much like Ron, he froze up. Then he said, but I, I was a heroin addict, and I like to feel good. And he said, what I felt in that moment was better than anything I'd ever experienced in my life. So I said, Jesus, go ahead and do it again. Go ahead, that's all right. He lifted up his hands, and he started speaking in tongues and just let the Spirit of God flow. One day, my dad, this is, this is what I want to tell you. My uncle was the first one, my dad's side of the family, ever filled with the Holy Ghost. He later was baptized in Jesus' name. But you see, it didn't stop there. That wasn't the last we heard about it. My dad was in jail for the same situation. We just talked about it the other day. He said, I was being tried as an adult, going to be sent away state penitentiary 13 years. He said, they had already placed a sentence on my life. I was going to go see the judge for one last time. He said, as I went before the judge, shackled up, he said, all of a sudden, my oldest brother, which is my uncle Ralph, I just told you about, walked into the back of the courthouse and the whole court proceeding stopped. And he said as he walked in, he disrupted everything. And the judge looked at him and said, hey, Ralph, don't you remember if, if I, I told you if I saw you again in my courthouse, I was going to send you away for life? And I don't want you in front of my courthouse anymore. And my uncle Ralph said, no, 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 no. That's not, I didn't come today shackled. I didn't come with a sentence over my, my life. He said, I came because Jesus changed my life around. And at this point, the, everybody's looking at my uncle. Everybody's looking at the judge. They've messed up the entire proceeding of the way it's supposed to go. And God is intervening in that moment. My dad's up there with shackle, shackles on his hands and on his feet. And my, my uncle looks at the judge and said, no, 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 let me tell you, Jesus changed my life. I went down to this church and I went to this program and he said I was filled with the Holy Ghost in jail and I was baptized at this church in Jesus name. I've got joy judge. I've got peace and I'm not battling the things I was battling. My life's been changed by almighty God. Had my uncle decided this is an experience just for me all by myself I wouldn't be standing here in front of you today my dad would still be somewhere lost, maybe not even alive in this life. Didn't know any other way of life. The judge looked at my dad and said, listen, I don't know what's going on. I don't even understand all of this. He said, but I'm going to go ahead and sentence you to that church and that program that your, your brother went to. And if this Jesus can do this for him, I know he can do it for you. My dad's a pastor today. Filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name because somebody decided, you know what? It's time to have revival in uncommon places. 
It's time to preach the word in uncomfortable positions. It's time to tell everybody and anybody everywhere I go. Because one individual decided on that day, I cannot be silent about what Jesus has done. God's going to use you here today. Would you lift your hands all over this room? Would you lift up your voice unto God and your faith unto him right now all over this sanctuary? We're going to shout hallelujah on the count of three as loud as you can. And I believe God is going to allow this gift of faith to be imparted unto you. You're going to meet a Ron. You're going to meet somebody at the bus stop in the middle of the day. You're going to meet somebody on the job that is waiting for somebody to tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time that we no longer be silent about what Jesus is doing. It's time that we really be apostolic, just like Peter and John. Go ahead, lift up your voice all over this room right now. Yeah, 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 that's it. Go ahead, lift up your voice. Lift up your hands all over this room. Right now, by the authority of the Word of God and by the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. That's it. I impart the gift of faith unto every believer in this room in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody, let's shout hallelujah. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Yeah, 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 that's it. That's it. Darkness trembles, mountains crumble When you draw near to us, you draw near to us Strongholds breaking,
Bye.